0: Would again turn with me to 2nd Timothy chapter 2, where we started last week. 2nd Timothy chapter 2. Let's go to the end of that chapter, verse 25, and remind ourselves that we're not in a, a wild eyed fanatic end time class that's uh, pinging off the walls. We are, we are taking measure of where we are. We're taking measure of where we are. Where are you? Well, Most people do not know where they are. They're just, they're in the days as it's always been. But that's not where we are, is it? Verse 25 says, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. Oh my, that oppose themselves. Do you remember a time that you looking back could say I opposed myself? I was, uh, you were shooting your own foot. In meekness instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. So the, the truth, the answer is there for all of them right now. But they're opposing the truth. And that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. You know, that's a scary thought, Right. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Well, I believe we're there. Amen. Uh, we read it last week. Verse 25 in the New Living says, gently instruct those who, impose, to oppose, the, who oppose the truth. So, again, we're going to go over why we're why we're going through this. We we need to be mindful. Listen, we we spend not one minute, not one hour on on useless Subjects, things that do not feed, things that do not strengthen, things that do not uh, give light we there's so much you could teach that's just in the Bible. You could go to Genesis six and talk about the giants, and that'd be so interesting you you get in there the Nephilim and you find out what they did and how they did it and it's just so tantalizing it's like a it's like an old testament uh, South Fork or something it's <laughs> but, we, but we're going to stay on We're going to stay on point So the purpose of this teaching That we're going to do for a few weeks Is not to navigate the end It's, it's not to navigate the end times It's not to, to, to change And to strategize Where we should be and what we should do We're not preppers We don't care if you are If you store food and, and stuff And make an electric thing at your house that, that is fine That is good But that's not what we're about but we're born again so we don't have to strategize we've already we've already been inoculated with what wins here the new birth did it so if you're not if you're if you're not born again then you better start prepping cuz it's going to be perilous times are coming uh, our purpose is to get answers we are equipping ourselves not for ourselves but for others the backsliders the religious folks the 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 lost We're we're getting giving them an answer because they oppose themselves. They're they're majoring on the minors. They're talking. They want to talk about this when they should be talking about their their condition of their heart. And so uh, we said we're not we're not doing this to debate. Well, let me write down these facts and figures. I'm going to skip a whole bunch of stuff. That's facts and figures. There's lots of ministries. You can go find it. You can find out what they say is, is uh, happening right now. You know, the signs of the second coming are already unfolding. I'm not going to go through those. We're going to just stick with what you need to, to, uh, to help somebody. So we said there's no right or wrong. It's just good news. It's just good news. No, no matter what perspective you come out of this teaching... You always come out land on the side that this is good news if you come to a conclusion that it's not good news in some way you got the wrong conclusion so we're going to start off tonight to say that we will not be here for the tribulation that is an adamant belief here we 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 do not debate it we do not wonder about it we don't we don't uh, uh, give place to those that says we're we're going through the tribulation and halfway and midway and quarterway and And upside down we are not going to be here for the tribulation and the reason uh, it, There's many reasons, but the religion Religion wants us to go through the tribulation and it's because They want the church to be purified That's what they'll say the church needs to be purified because you know the church is bad. The church is wicked The chick, the church is bad Even on our sign out here, you know, I promise you I didn't put the sign up, but even on the sign out there, it said, you know, we're God's didn't quit being good. We just quit being grateful. Well, I never quit being grateful. I I don't like to be broad brushed and, and stereotyped and swept in with them. There are those that have not been grateful, but I'm not one of them. God's been good. He is good and he will be good. So. Uh, the 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 argument of that is the blood of Jesus was it not enough to purify the church? Do we need to go through some purification that affects our bodies and our souls when that's not what got redeemed? That's not what got born again. So th- what the tribulation is about is Jacob's trouble, Not the church's trouble. Did y'all get that? Yes. It's jacob's trouble. the The tribulation is not for the church. It's not for the church. It's for the Jews. It's for the unsaved, but it's for the Jews. And so uh, uh, Jerusalem is the trouble, the trouble that's in the earth. There's more demons and angel activity on Jerusalem, on Mount Moriah, on, on the Temple Mount, than there is in any place on the earth. I've heard it said by people I know that said they went to the Wailing Wall and it was the most demonic activity they had ever experienced. Wow. Yeah, because it, it is the, it is the center of, of the whole universe and all of the kingdom of God. That's the center of it right there. And so there's a lot of things going on there and a lot of hovering going on there. Uh, so but it's Jerusalem. It's not the church. We've got to keep this in mind. We're, we're not we're not the Jews. We're not we're not them. We are a separate entity. They can be a part of this. The Jews can get born again and they'll be automatically a part of the church. They can be a Messianic Jew. The word says in First Thessalonians 5, 9, it says, God hath not appointed us to wrath. Let's just say that together. God hath not appointed us to wrath. What does that mean? Well, it's uh, it's what he, it's what he told Lot when he was. Pulling Lot out. If you read the account, we read it just this week uh, in Genesis. If you read the account, he he had to giddy up with Lot. Lot was saying, well, I need need to get my son-in-laws out. And they wouldn't come. And so the angel said, let's go, let's go. And because he said, I can't do anything concerning destruction and wrath while you're there. And Lot negotiated the deal. Uh, the angel wanted him to go to a far city. And he said, well, we, we can't go that far. Like, we want to go over here. They've got a better 7-Eleven or something. Hallelujah. So, so the church is taken out of the earth. Listen, he's ta- the church is taken out of the earth so that, so that God can deal with the Jews, with Israel. You go, well, he's God. He can do anything he wants. No. No, the church has all authority. Oh, y'all. Even God can't do anything that you think he can because the church has been given all authority. The church has all authority. Uh, We didn't ask for it. We didn't believe for it. But Jesus gave it to us. And, uh, you know, that's the way it is. So God takes the church out of the earth so that he can bring wrath upon the Jews or judgment, you might say, so that he can deal with them. And so it's the 70th week that he owes the Jews. He's going to end the 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 epoch of grace, the era of grace, the dispensation of grace. He's going to end it. And on that day that it ends, we will be raptured out. Adios. Sayonara. We 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 gone. We'll be out of here. And at that moment, the dispensation of grace will be over for seven years. And then suddenly God is in control. It'll be exactly like it was in the Old Testament. God will be in control and he he will do business. He'll do it lawfully, of course, but he will do business and he's going to do business so that the Jews will wake up. And they all know they've got scripture. It's in their Bible about the Messiah. But they're going to, you know, they've always been saying that when they see Jesus, they'll say, have you been here before? (laughs) Or is this your first time? Uh, You know, so it's all going to be to deal with the Jews. He I'm telling you, the Lord loves Israel. And he made a deal with Abraham and he keeps his deal. So you ought to know what he keeps with us. If he keeps it with with Abraham, then he's keeping every deal with us. He's not slack concerning his promises. If he keeps this one and, and changes all time and all the 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 whole makeup of the earth and everything that's going on. And the devil's involved and demons are rearranged and everything. You got to know if he's a stickler for that. He's taking care of you when you declare the word and the promises. He's behind you and he's in that. So uh, we said last week, there's no reference in the Gospels to the rapture. There's no application to the Jews because they're not born again. Only the born again are going up, right? All the Jews, if you're a Jew, you're going to be here for seven more. And you might make it and you might not. You could get born again during the tribulation and then and then die and go to heaven, or you might get through the end of it, and get born again, and get to the end of it, and go into the millennial reign. Or you might not get born again in the in the tribulation, and uh, you'll be you'll be in the millennial as an unsaved person. It's real. It's really strange, but uh, the rapture is for us, the church. But all of these other folks. That are reading the Gospels, those references in Mark, in uh, Matthew 20, uh, 20, in Luke 21, and those references to the end times, they're all talking about the tribulation and the second coming. And so you go, I thought that was the rapture, and what's going to happen to us? It's not to the church. Nothing in the Gospels applies to the church because guess what? The church isn't in the Gospels. It, it's, he hid it. It was the mystery. And uh, the, the mystery that was then unfolded, he said "Christ in us, the hope of glory. That was the mystery. So uh, let's, let's turn to, let's see. Well, we won't turn there, but let's see. Where should we go? I'll just tell you, Luke 21:36. yeah, let's turn there. Let's turn to Luke 1 21:36. 30, so here's proof. Here's proof. Here's how we know that this is not the church that it's talking about in Luke 21. He said, watch ye therefore, so he's talking in a long discourse here, watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass. Well, what's wrong with that statement? I mean, nothing wrong with it, but, but who's it attended to? None of us are going to be able, have to be accounted worthy. Did you see that? None of us worthy to escape all these things. I'm already worthy. I'm born again. I don't have to be counted worthy. Yes. Amen? Yes. So, this tells you that these verses are for the Jew and for the lost. He said, Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass. Well, amen. That's not us. We don't have to qualify, we've already qualified. Uh, the rapture I wrote this down the rapture is the ark taking us out of the way until the tribulation is over and just like a lot so is Noah the Lord rescued eight righteous souls to escape the wrath of judgment that he had on the earth he took them out of the way and the rapture is not an escape it's taking us out of the way so that he can deal with his people, he loves them so much. Uh, the rapture, as you know, is signless. There's no signs about the coming of the rapture. All we, ha- but there are five times more signs about the second coming than there is about the first coming. So, so the rapture is signless, but the second coming is very prophetic. It is all over more than anywhere else. It's it's all in there very much prophesied. But we know that the second coming is about seven years after the rapture. So if we can see the signs that are happening in the second coming, if we can see them evidenced, we can count back seven years and say it'll happen. Just like the word says. So that, that's the key right there. Is you, you look at the signs, they're seven years away no matter when the rapture takes. Those, those signs will be lined up. It'll be over in seven years. So the Ezekiel 38 war, is, uh, it happens right after the rapture. Right after is a figurative term. I don't know. Nobody knows when it's going to happen. But it'll, it'll start loading up in that seven years and we'll, we'll start seeing all these nations coming down after Israel. Uh, pretty serious business we're going to miss that movie hallelujah (laughs) Uh, let's just talk about a little bit about the news and why there's players that we see on the news all the time certain players that are in play and who they are and, and what's their motivation why are they so mad at Israel well, because Israel's full of gold or Israel's full of whatever. Well, there is a spoil in Israel. If you've ever heard Joe, he talks about 90, Joe Morris he talks about 90 percent of Europe's fruit and vegetables comes from Israel. It's just amazing. The fruitfulness of the land is part of the miracle of them being restored. But Iran believes this is how they believe in their Islamic It's not even Islamic. They violate Islam's laws, the Quran, all the time. When they came in with when Hamas came in as Islamic jihadists, they violated the word that they say that they are bound by, by murdering women and children and and elderly. They don't they say we don't believe in that. But yet they did it. And uh, and now they're like, we're not guilty. Israel is bad. So. But but the reason Iran's behind all that is because Iran believes the Islamic sect that they are, it's either the Shiites or the Sunnis, whichever one they are. Iran believes that starting the war with Israel through Hamas, through Hezbollah, uh, through the warriors in Syria and everything, that it will, it will bring their Messiah in. Their Messiah can't come until there's a righteous war, a righteous jihad, as it were. And so they are trying to trigger their, their Messiah to, to come and rescue them. And that when he comes, he's gonna kill all the Jews and all the Christians. So what would that be like? What, who would he be? Well, he'd be the Antichrist. I mean he in nature he would be the antichrist because killing Jews and Christians is against Christ it's against that 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 part of it so uh the the elements that we see ganging up around Israel mostly would be Russia and Iran and Turkey and Syria Lebanon Lebanon got a belly full of this stuff with Israel back in the back in the day and you know Hezbollah's in their nation, they're right above Israel, but they're but but Lebanon does not they don't condone what the Hezbollah's doing. That's what I'm trying to say. So pretty much I think and I've read I don't you know I only know what I read and, and what I study. But I believe Israel, this is pretty much how it's going to be till the end. Israel Israel's going to be in, under siege. Uh, we won't see uh, peaceful days and peaceful nights anymore for Israel. They they res, they refuse their Messiah. And uh, there's consequences to not having Jesus in your life. And God's not punishing them. But I'm just saying they're they're not under his delivering tent. Uh, Two things they want to do, two things that Iran wants to do. They want to rescue the Palestinians and they want to take Jerusalem back. Joe says, Joe Moore says that they've been getting on uh, the, the Jews have been getting up on the edge of the temple and, and either getting partway through a sacrifice or through some of their rites and rituals that uh, that would be indicative of the temple being restored that they've been getting up there. They usually just lose their mind. Jordan is the caretaker of the, the Dome of the Rock, the temple there on the, the old wall and uh, the old temple. And they've, they've been somehow up there. So things are getting bold and brazen and, and they're, they're up there. So we were talking earlier about how the temple mount is the most active spot in the earth. If you look at the magnetic field, you can see where the, magnet, the, the dome and the, and the cones come around. You can see where they're most active. Well, this spiritually speaking is the most active place on earth. Uh, demons and angels are contending for that spot of ground and it's highly disputed because it's, it's, where, it's where Abraham sacrificed Isaac and made a picture or a type for the Lord Jesus to be given by his father as a sacrifice. It was where Jacob's ladder up into heaven was. Is right there on that, that particular place. It's, uh, it's uh, very important, very significant. When, new, when the New Jerusalem comes down, it's going to fit over the old New Jerusalem or, or, or whatever. So the, the EU, have y'all always been suspicious of the EU? <laughs> well, the European Union... They are preparing for the reign of the Antichrist. And if you watch the news just a little bit, you can hear them setting up things. They've already got their one monetary thing where they got all their currency and a lot of their rules to all be open to each other. And so they've got the uh, the euro. And uh, not too long ago, the pope. Bless his heart and his unborn again head. He came out and said, it's time for a one world authority, a one world government, a one world church, and a one world monetary system. He said that. Joe said the other day, if you listen to it, and I reference him, I know y'all watch him, so we might as well reference him. He said the Pope came out and said twice that there is no hell. There's some serious stuff going on over there. You know, and, and, the, and the Catholics in the world, they can't help it. They, they didn't elect him. And, uh, you know. But we can see what happens after we leave. After we leave, after we, we are jimmied up and uh, go to heaven together with new bodies. Well, uh, we can see what's going to happen because of the signs that are happening right up to it. In other words, it doesn't just like nothing's happening and the next day everything's happening. There's a gradient that happens that comes up to that day. And then when we're out, it just spills over and it starts to really happen. Uh, The Lord Jesus said that the tribulation would be a sign of his coming. He, he, He said it in the gospels. He said, there's gonna be hard times coming, but he said, I'll be right after that. So what's the climate going to be an, up to that? Well, if you get into the word, you, you know that the word is circular, that thing, God starts things and he works through them and then he comes back to them. And that's how it's going to be in these end days. The thing that he started at Pentecost, recorded in the book of Acts, chapter 2, 3, 4, and five. That's exactly how he wants to end it. He doesn't want this thing to just be dry toast and everybody just fade off. And then all of a sudden he flashes in the corner and everything jumps up. He wants this thing to amp up and that that we then are the expression of him, the church, and that we we get so full of of our job and what we are in here that then we're raptured out. The glory overtakes us. So it's not. So right now we're seeing the church go through. A dead spot a dry spot uh, maybe the driest spots ever been although the uh, what was that what was that period of time called before the dark, dark, ages. dark ages yes ma'am thank you that was a that was a hard time and then the Lord came back and he st- started a sousa and sparked everything and got everything going uh, Luke chapter twenty one. Would you turn there? Are you are you close to that? Let's go to chapter twenty one. Let's look in verse twenty four. I, I just want to lay it out in simple terms. We're not. Uh, we're we're not. I'm not an activist that says it's got to be this way. And if you don't agree, well, you're you're. You're this or you're that. We, we just want to lay it out and see what it says. It says, verse 24, And they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all the nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles in ty- until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Well, so we, we see that happen. Je- Jerusalem was trodden down in 70 A.D. But then, until the time of the Gentiles... Uh, 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 let's see if it's in that verse or the next one. Verse 25. Let me. Let me. Uh, we we see the We see the the seven six day war. Excuse me, six day war, changed everything back around. So they were trodden down and went all those years from from 70 A.D. to 1967. Jerusalem was dead. It was trodden down. There was nothing happening. Uh, I don't know if y'all have ever seen the quote by Mark Twain, but he went to Israel in his lifetime. And he said, it is God forsaken. There's nobody that can do anything here. Even even we fly over the Texas line to New Mexico. And Texas has given all their farmers water rights. Whatever's under the land is yours. New Mexico, the state owns it. And it's just a line, not of fences. It's just a line of green versus a line of this. Well, that's what Israel looks like in the Middle East. And, and Gaza, right next to them, has nothing. They are desolate. They are down. They have not done anything with their land. And they're all mad because... They have sorry land. Let's see verse 20, I think 29. Let's look in verse 29. And he spake unto them a parable. Behold the fig tree and all the trees. So that is a type of the nations. And the fig tree then would be the tree of Israel. When they now shoot forth, ye see and know of your own selves that summer na- is now nigh at hand. So likewise ye, when ye see these things come to pass, Know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Uh, Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. So here he says it. He's not talking about the rapture. He's talking about the second coming, talking about the tribulation and the second coming. But he's talking about Israel and he makes this this tremendous statement, which puts the timepiece of of what we can look for, it's not the church. What the church does or doesn't do doesn't matter in the timing of the Lord. You can't, you can't mark anything by what the church is doing. But he said Israel is absolute. So when Israel is made a nation in 1948 and Jerusalem was won back in 1967, he said, you'll know that generation will see the end. So it it perks us up. In 1947, nobody was looking. In 1966, nobody was looking. But after that six day war, all of a sudden, everything, all the pieces of the puzzle were put in place. And we know we know now we don't know the day or the hour, but we certainly know the season. And so we look at these things. Um, People don't like it that you think you know when Jesus is coming back. I don't know if y'all ever noticed that, if you've ever said, you know, he's, Jesus is coming. Ah, and they just start growling and carrying on. And, and uh, uh, it, it bothers them if you think you know the time of his coming. But we do. And I love it where the Lord Jesus was going through wherever it was and demons were saying have you come to torment us before the time yeah the gatherings that was one place for sure and uh, and Joe says you know if the demons knew what time it was we sure can know in the church what time it is and we do but it's just like the ark Noah was building on it a hundred years preaching every day he was a preacher of righteousness so he wasn't just a carpenter He was declaring the word of the Lord repent and he he got no buyers. And then the Lord shut the door and it started raining. That's how it'll be. And the word says the Lord Jesus says it'll be as in the day of Noah. So we're dealing with the end of the church age. The end of the church age. It won't be the same, but we won't be here to notice. It'll be the same until we're gone. So we will never know the end of the church age. At the moment of that, we'll be gone. Uh, but it, it, it'll revert instantly to Old Testament authority. Of course, the people that are here won't know the difference because they weren't in the church age or they'd have been born again. And so they, they, it'll be the same as, as regular life. But then God will be in charge. And he will do it won't be just as the currents and the temperatures and the cold fronts and it'll be as he ordains and he will take charge. Uh, When that church age is over, there'll be seven years of Old Testament authority. It'll be exactly as it was in the Old Testament. Uh, God was in control. So God was in control and he gave it to Adam. Adam submitted himself to the devil and the devil was in control. The devil had control for 2000 years and Jesus won it back legally and lawfully. And then Jesus gave it to us. He gave authority to us. And then he went to heaven. He said the body of Christ is gone, but it stayed. And we are that body of Christ and we are everything that he was here. So now uh, right now the church is control. We're in control. I said the church is in control. If you didn't know it, if you no- didn't notice, you just think, well, this is just the way it's always been. Nobody would criticize you, but we're in control and it's happening. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in the heavenlies. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in the heavenlies. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and ye shall have them. That's control. Say to the mountain, be thou removed, mountain, be thou cast in sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have. That's control. That's dominion. That's authority. He shall have whatsoever he saith. So if we believe any of the Bible, we have to believe that part right there. So God's not judging anybody. People say that Katrina, God was judging. People said, I, we went into the rubbage, uh, the, the catastrophe at, at uh, Alberta City and was helping people. And they said, you know, God's judging this town. Well, the, the truth is, and y'all, y'all will agree with this, when God judges something, there's no survivors. It's a clean sweep. When he's done, when Noah closed the door and and the the eight, the eight boys and girls lifted up on the water, there wasn't anybody to say have a nice trip. And when Lot got pulled out with his wife and two daughters, there was nobody left on the plane that says, would you send a letter to my cousin? So it's not Judgment. Matter of fact, you have to ask yourself, why do people, why does God send anybody to hell? You ever wonder about that? Well, there's obvious reasons. They're not righteous, so they can't go to heaven. So the default is somewhere. But why did God have to put them in hell? Uh, If they are not incarcerated because they're they're bodiless, they're disemboweled or disembodied beings and they're evil, they're not born again, they're unrighteous, they're. They're of their father, the devil. If they're not incarcerated and put into a place and they begin to operate in their bodiless form. As gods, as little gods. Then they'll murder everything. Because there'll be no law, there'll be no nothing. We, We restrain lawlessness in this city, in this country, we we, our presence, what we do and what we say, is restraining. You think, well, they're just nice people. They're not nice people. They're just restrained. They're restrained by our words. They're restrained by our presence. But if people were not sent to hell, they would be free to roam and go where they pleased, which is what demons do now. It's what angels do now. So God puts... People in hell to protect us. They can't come back and get us. They can't come back and be a hitman on our lives. Would you turn to, Col- to Colossians? We got just a few minutes here. Let's turn to Colossians. I hope you're not disappointed. Uh, we're, we will get into some more details later on, but right now, just laying a foundation for why we should even know these things, why we should understand them, because. People out there have a lot of questions, and they're based on a lot of clever devices, clever conclusions. And if you don't know the principle under it, the foundation under it, it'll hurt you. I remember when I was in the Baptist church, I read a book uh, by uh, Daniken, and it was about... It was it, it was a fact book. But he, he took the scripture where it says, let us make man in our own image. And he said and he, he made an argument against the Trinity and against Christianity. And I, I was 14 or 15 or something. And I, I was swallowing it. It's like, this is true. This is wow. But I went to my pastor and he straightened it all out for me. And that's what you got to do. You got to be straightened out before we ever go into the lion's den so that we just take lion, lion's captive. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter two, verse 14 says, says, says two fourteen. 14. Blotting out the handwriting here. Here's the question. Uh, well, I'll read the verse first. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. So why was the crucifixion enough? Was it really enough? It was most of it, but it wasn't all of it. This verse says when he went into the, into the pit, let's see. Well, that's verse 15. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. So there, there is the crucifixion. And having spoiled principalities and powers, where did he do that? Well, he did that in the bowels of the earth, didn't he? He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them publicly. Uh, he finished it there. And doesn't the word say that he went and preached to the captives that had been held. They'd never had Jesus preach to them, but they were the righteous dead. He went and preached to them and then took them to heaven. Because no one, no one goes to heaven without Jesus. It doesn't matter when you were born, what time you were in, what region you, you, you know or whatever. No one goes. So he had to go to the to the righteous dead and preach to them. And they all got born again and they all went to heaven. It's kind of interesting how it all works out and that God was so smart that he worked all of this out for us. So he finished it off in the three days that was in the bowels of the earth. He defeated the devil there. He defeated sin on the cross, but he defeated the devil so that he couldn't come back uh, for us in that same capacity. I want to turn to Second uh, Tim, Timothy chapter three. So there's no qualifying that's necessary for us to be raptured out. You don't have to wonder if you're good enough. You don't have to wonder if what you did back in the 18th, eighth grade was going to throw you out or some marital faux pas or, or whatever, whatever sin is. First of all, confess it under the blood. First John one night, nothing will go up on the video screen if there is one, however that works. Nothing's going up that's confessed. It is cast into the sea of his forgetfulness, isn't it? And it's never to be mentioned. It's as if we never did it. And it, it's not even as if we never did it. That's how complete it is. We never did it. So if you got things that you're concerned about, get them out. Don't carry them around. Don't wonder if I'm good enough. But you are good enough because you're born again. In chapter 3, it says, This also know that in the last days perilous times shall come. And then he lists what perilous times look like. For men shall be lovers of themselves, own selves, covetous, boasters. Well, we've always had people like that, haven't we? I mean, they're everywhere. He's talking about there'll be everywhere. Proud, blasphemers. Now, that's, that's, a new, that's a new thing. You know, we can't say it on camera, and I don't even want to say the words, but our naughty words have even gone up. You know, used to if you said, I, I, I've been grounded for saying dang or darn or whatever. I mean, the world came in. And, and uh, I walked out of a service in Seminole, Texas, the first one I went to, or second one. The pastor got up there and he started talking about, the, this was 1981. He started talking about the homosexual agenda. And I, I, I dusted myself off and started pulling myself together. And Debbie slapped me back. <laughs> she had a slap that could get you back. Hallelujah. But I, that, to me, that was just, you just didn't say those words. Well, now there's hardly, Debbie's father always said they haven't invented any new cuss words ever. He said all the cuss words, I knew them back then. But... Uh, Anyway, I don't know why I'm off on that. I'm just saying they've, they've come up they've tapped out the, the cuss words. It used to be that, that word. And then it was there was hell. And then it went from there. And we don't even I don't know if we is right. But some you don't even care if somebody's we do care. I don't want to say that. But I mean, it's common for you to hear the word hell. I mean, let's just get real. That's just common because there's so much more flagrant and flamboyant words and 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 it's just terrible well it's in this generation they just and they can't invent another naughty word it's like what's another naughty word someone needs to invent one they just can't invent one it doesn't seem disobedient to parents would y'all think we were in that day unthankful oh my unthankful oh my we give out stuff around here and uh, and help people and and nobody says anything Could I have another one? Unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers. You better be righteous because somebody's watching. Incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heavy, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness that deny the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they the which creep into houses and leads captive silly women laden with sins. So, uh, yeah, we're in that day. Certainly, we're in that day. It might not be the end of that day, but it could be that 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 day. Ah. Uh, the book of Acts is where we're going. It doesn't look like right now. Let me just stretch out there a little bit. It doesn't look like right now that we can get to the book of Acts in the church. That the Lord can tie us off before the rapture with revival, with the book of Acts, chapter 2, 3, 4, and 5. It doesn't look like there's any path there. But I want to remind you, not everybody has to be there in order for it to happen. Not every church has to say, we're on fire and we got the Holy Ghost and we're, we're, we're laying hands on people and they're getting healed. But somebody does. Somebody does. Even in the book of Acts, not every church, I guess, or not everybody in that city was on fire. But it talks about the ones that were and that 3,000 got born again in one day. The word seems to say that before he comes back there's going to be a a bump something's going to happen where he sweeps us in so let me go down a little uh a little timeline here before we quit so at the end of that revival it was prophesied by Smith Wigglesworth it's it's in it's in the it's in the Gospels. Not, well, it's not in the Gospels, but it's in there. It implies that we're going to have a revival. And after that, we're going to have the rapture. Y'all, it's going to be so cool. I, I know you might think that it's going to be a long ways up because it's a long ways up. But the word says a blink of an eye, which is a tenth of a second. Then, we're, then they're going to have the tribulation. Then the second coming. Jesus is going to come. We're going to come with him. And then we're going to have the millennial reign. And that's where I want to go in this, is talk about what's going to happen then. The millennial reign. It's going to be so good that we get to be in this generation. We are the exception generation, the generation that never dies we're the only people it's accounted once and for all for man to die but not us we're going to be in that and so at the end of the millennial satan's going to be released he's going to rally all his rebels and all he's going to gather up his stuff god's going to deal with him we know how that turns out and then god moves heaven down to earth let me tell y'all god likes the earth he likes this place. And all the things about the, the, uh, the, uh, the uh, climate people that we're all going to burn up our earth and deplete it and everything. Let me just tell you, the Lord has got plenty here and he's going to take care of it. And he's, uh, so then that'll be the, that'll be at the end of the grace age. We'll be in the millennial age. And, uh, but right before that, I believe now y'all just believe what you want to, of course, but I believe there's going to be resurrections. I believe there's going to be translations. I believe we're going to start actively getting in faith about translations. That I don't want to hear it from somebody else and they'll say, let's do what they do. I want to do it here at River Church and they hear what we did. I mean, let's get from Columbus to here in. Fourteen minutes. Let's get from Cashville down here in seven minutes. Let's just get here. Those people that did that translation from five hours in Washington State and Oregon, they said they saw every store. They saw every street sign. It wasn't a blur. It wasn't like being in a bullet train. They saw everything, but when they got there, the clock, instead of being five hours, was two hours. They saw everything. They tasted every cookie. They drank every Coke. Everything was the same, but the time wasn't there. So it has to do with time, not with speed. I don't know much about it. I've got a book or two on it and I'm trying to get through them, but there's going to be, I read this, that there's going to be a glory on people that fades over from the age we're going into, the millennial age, the, the, the seven years where we will be out of the world, but into the millennial age where we have those resurrected bodies. It's not an instant thing. It's not just like you step on the brake and we stop. It'll be like it bleeds back. It's a gradient. And so before we're raptured, we could have young bodies. And youthful skin and youthful countenances and be translated and and have extraordinary boldness to lay hands on people and get them healed and do the works of the kingdom. And that we wouldn't. What does Joe say? We don't. We don't go to church. We we don't fit church into our life. We make church our life. I like that. You know, I would. Hallelujah. So the church is getting in her place. Don't look around and say, I think I can figure out what's happened based on what's going around me. You'd be clueless based on what's going around us numerically or or any any other numeric that you would use. It's what's happening in the spirit that counts. So let's get in the spirit and we'll know what's going. But we do have some pushing to do before we start. Before we depart, we, we have some things to do. We're not done. We should bring healing to Tuscaloosa County. We, we should do that. I don't know who else could or would, but we should be a part of that. Uh, you have to ask and you'd have to ask Christians, do you look at River Church and do you have a unction to be free of fear and and uh, and embrace freedom? Do we have that on us so that when you talk to us and you're with us and you're you're waiting our table or we're waiting your table that you see that difference on us? It's going to be available just like everything else is available and you put it on by faith. Well, I'm just seating you right now. I'm just putting this out there so that you can meditate on it and think about it. Uh, we're kind of going to be the trailer to the movie where they show you an excerpt of the whole movie. We're, we're going to, I think, the Lord before the rapture wants to make a trailer of the millennial reign right here on the earth. That it's not just we went along in the age of grace and we stopped and then we were raptured out. Everything from that point back was the same. But that there's a gradient that goes up and we increase, increase until we make the rapture happen. Not not that we would cause it, but that we would be doing the works of the kingdom so that he would be pleased to pull the trigger. Amen. We're getting ready. We're learning about who we are. And then we're learning about what we can do. And what we should have. We've we've schooled ourselves about wealth and what that used to mean and what that used to what they used to teach us and, and what I used to imbibe, like, well, if you're gonna be prosperous, you gotta be, you gotta have accumulation. Well, we don't believe that anymore. We just are adjusting so that we can do what he's always called us to do. None of it was sin. We, we, were, we, were in, we were in the track. Amen? I'm, I'm looking to see if y'all look better now than you did when I started. <laughs> like, oh no, what did he say? Oh no. Hallelujah. Well, we, we will sort it out. Hallelujah. If we didn't tonight, we'll sort it out. But I'm telling you, it's good. Whatever God's got th- coming, it's his best stuff since Jesus was raised from the dead. It's his best stuff because he's going to resurrect us out of here and all our family and friends that are born again, we're going to get to be with them. It's going to be stuff, good stuff all over. Amen. Well, we're going to receive...